maybe there's like some way that I can introduce the food as a vessel to let people know about more about like Japanese culture. So that's kind of like a little bit of a start. I really didn't think actually I'm actually going to have a career in cooking back、mm-hmm. then. But、uh, my family has a、uh, 90 year old、uh, little bar, restaurant, little shake, sake shop、mm. in Japan. I grew up inside of the bar, and my mom was used to carry me on her back when I was a baby while she was prepping and cooking. So it was, it's always in my blood. Every amazing flavor is an amazing human who has perfected their craft. Welcome to Flavors Unknown, a series of inspirational conversations with renowned culinary leaders. Discover how their cultural identity shapes their creative process with your host, Emmanuel. Welcome to episode 90 of the Flavors Unknown podcast. My guest today is Masako Morishita. Based in Washington, D.C. She has the pop up concept called Otabe D.C., based on Japanese comfort food, and she's now the chef at the wine bar called Maxwell Park. I am your host, Emmanuel Laroche. I have been in the food industry for more than 20 years, both in Europe and in the U.S., and every other week, I have genuine conversations with American culinary leaders to talk about their path to success, their challenges, And how their cultural background influences their creative process. Please subscribe to our newsletter at flavorsunknown.com as you do not want to miss any episode. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at flavorsunknown. In this episode, Masako Morishita talks about Japanese comfort food, the kind of food that she's serving at her pop up, the different type of dashi, How to make a great okonomiyaki and the cornerstones of Japanese cuisine. Hi, Masako. Welcome to、uh, the podcast Flavors Unknown. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you and to be able to talk about Japanese cuisine and、uh, what you are doing in, in Washington, D.C., and、yes. all the, the tweaks that you are applying on the traditional Japanese cuisine. So, Let's start to talk about some misconception, I guess, that people have about Japanese cuisine. Everyone、mm. knows about sushi and about、mm-hmm. ramen. But、yep. I have to say that, you know, recently, as I mentioned to you, I, I was on a trip to Japan with my younger、mm-hmm. son and we went to Tokyo and to Hakone and to Osaka and we discovered. Something fantastic that was like the, the street food from Japan and, and the comfort food from Japan. You know, something that really I fell in love with is, you know, okonomiyaki, obviously, like、mm-hmm. the, you know, the savory pancake, all the different katsu, shogoyaki as well, karaagi, things that we really, I think, probably ate every other day was、uh, yeah. onigiri, you know, sometimes onigiri, even,、yeah. sometime、uh-huh. at the seven up, you know, that you can find. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yes. And a lot of people are eating this. So, can you a little, talk to us a little bit about like, the different t y p e of you know, comfort food and street food in, in Japan? And, and you know, what's、yes. your, your memories of, you know, of this? So, you mentioned almost 
almost everything. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, then, you know, for sweets, we have taiyaki. I don't yeah. know if we had those. Yeah, takoyaki, uh, which is, like, very deeply rooted in Osaka, like, Kobe, which is where I'm from, those areas. Of course, like, you know, karaage, okonomiyaki, which actually we have it on the menu right now at Maxwell Park. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit of okonomiyaki because obviously okay. there's there's different type of it. And if you right. can explain, of course, it's a savory pancake, but I'm guessing it's different from one region to another. So can, yeah. you, can you talk to us a little bit about this? Because okonomiyaki starts to be popular uh, here yes. in the US. And yes. You start to see like restaurants, you know, doing them or right. specialize in it. Yeah. Yeah, so okonomiyaki is basically, Osaka is like known for it, but there's a different region, has like a little bit of a different version of okonomiyaki. Hiroshima, they have okonomiyaki called Hiroshima yaki, which they put the noodle inside of the okonomiyaki, and it's kind of like really large, like tall-sized pancake. In Tokyo, it's not exactly okonomiyaki, but a little bit similar. It's called monjayaki. Yeah, that one's like a little bit more runny, like like a liquidy yeah, yeah. Um, butter yeah, okay. type of situation. Yeah, and I'm from Kobe, which is very close to Osaka. So we have like almost identical like okonomiyaki as Osaka one. We don't have like anything like much difference. Can you explain what's in, in uh, okonomiyaki? Yeah. What are like the main ingredients and then what are like the differences, you know, from one region to another? Yeah. So for the protein, you can like just add whatever you want, anything you want. Like you can do seafood, like shrimp, uh, scallops. Uh, you can do that. Also meat, you can do some, some beef sometimes. But the most popular one I'd say is a thin sliced pork belly. Yeah, that's probably the most like traditional, like classic okonomiyaki ingredients. And like I said, the Hiroshima one, they add the noodle, cooked noodle, like yakisoba noodle inside of the okonomiyaki. And they they put a lot of actually cabbage, like extra amount yeah. of cabbage okay. inside of their, their okonomiyaki. At yes. home. So what what should I do and what, what ingredients should I use? So... If you have access to like any Asian grocery store, mm-hmm. you can probably can find the flowers uh, specialized with the okonomiyaki. It's okay. called okonomiyaki flour. Like they already have a blend. I think what you can do is you can just mix water and add eggs and stir it up and make a butter. But if you don't have access to that, there's like, you know, million different ways for people to do it. But for me, what I do is I do regular flour, like AP, baking powder, and that's basically it. Okay. And water, egg, and that's basically it. Okay. And you can you can add, for the water, you can add kombudashi instead of water, so it has, like, more flavor. First, you, you make the butter. And then what I usually do is I slice the cabbage. I add the, the, the butter into the cabbage. Okay. And then one egg. Mix all together, mm-hmm. but not too hard. You don't have to. You don't have to like mix hard to completely like eggs mix and stuff like that. You can. It's it's totally okay. You see, like egg yolk part is still left. Kind of like fold it into. Uh-huh. You know, not like really like store it hard. Got kinda it. Like you know, like you use like big spoon or something to just kind of like you know scrape it from the bottom 
mm-hmm. and mix it up, mix it up like gently. And then you put it on a pan or griddle, like those、uh, equipments, with a little bit of like vegetable oil, and cook it until I'll say like few minutes, and then add the toppings, and then flip it over like、okay. a regular pancake, and cook few minutes more. Thank you for sharing yeah, that yeah, with yeah. us. <laughs> What's the difference between for you di- between a katsu and a and a karaage? Karaage is usually gluten free because we only use potato starch. We call it katakuriko for, as a flour, so we don't use any like panko or like we don't use any egg or you know we don't use any like ab flour or anything like that. Yeah, so that's why that karaage Japanese fried chicken is so light、mm-hmm. and crispy, and it usually stays crisp, crispy as well. Okay. So that's a huge difference. You know, for the katsu, you usually do you know flour and egg and panko and deep fry it. Yeah. So that's that's like a significant significant like difference part. But katsu, so karaage is usually just chicken, mainly like chicken thigh. Yeah. With a skin on. Because skin is the best part. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so katsu, like people usually do pork. It's tonkatsu. Ton means pork in yeah, Japan. Tonkatsu, Japanese. Yeah. Yeah. Tonkatsu. But you could do it with chicken as well. Okay. And we call it chicken katsu. Okay. Okay. Very yeah. good. And yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your favorite feeling for? And I know there's different type, but let's say if we take like the 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 traditional triangle shape, you know, onigiri. What's your favorite feeling? Well, it's really hard to choose just one, so I'll mention like several. Okay.、So、one is salmon. One is tuna mayonnaise, and the other one is pickled plum. Oh, okay. The yeah. Pickled plum. Yes. Yeah.、Uh, yeah. I love I love the、uh, the fish roll myself. You know, with the raw fish, fish roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, eggs, yeah. Fish these eggs. are great. These yeah, are these yeah, are the、I、fancy fancy ones. You, <laughs> you can't really find. You can't really find at Seven Eleven. That's true. That's true. Not maybe not at Seven Eleven. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> And then you do you do a version of onigiri on on your menu, correct? Or you have been doing?、Uh, yes, I have done onigiri in the past. I don't have it. Okay,、uh, currently the on the menu、okay. at the at the Maxwell Park, but when I was doing my pop up by myself, yeah, my one of my favorite onigiri I did was onigiri grilled onigiri.、Mm-hmm. I just brushed the, the little bit of liquid mix made with、uh, tamari and mirin, just brushed it on the top, and the inside of the onigiri I stuffed with the chicken liver mousse. Oh wow,、That's... that was that was very very fun and it was tasty and I loved it. So, what's your favorite comfort food from Japan? You know, if you had to pick,、uh, to pick one. Yeah, if I had to pick one, I'd say probably karaage. A karaage, okay. I miss it. Yeah, I miss it so much. I、um, I make it actually at home sometimes as well. Okay. It's very very good. Yeah.、Uh, okay. The fried chicken thigh, correct? Yeah.、So、that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fried so, chicken. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's very good. <laughs> You're originally from、uh, Kobe, close to Osaka, and I didn't cross、yes. the river, so I didn't go to Kobe. Oh, okay,、uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I stayed in Osaka. So, what made you come to the United States? So, I came to Washington D.C. on 2013. It was actually before I start cooking. I I, I danced for long years, like many years in Japan,、mm-hmm. and my my goal was to to try out for NFL cheerleaders. Okay. So 
actually decided to just just try and go for it mm-hmm. and i did really did not think i would make the team i would just like you know came here to just like kind of like make memories you know i just wanted to try it because sure. if i don't do it i'm probably gonna regret, regret it later yeah 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 exactly exactly so i i just came here with my one suitcase and i tried out for but for some reason i made the team <laughs> okay yeah so okay yeah 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 so the the team is washington football team mm-hmm. Now, now I yeah. think yeah 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 now so that's the team I tried out for and I made the team and I actually were on the team was on the team for five years and my fifth year my last year I was a captain of the team okay so that's that's that that's how I how it um, you, you came, how to I came to yeah yeah Washington yeah. DC and exactly. and you stay there and and yeah what's, I stay there what's the connection with you know with food now and then the fact that yeah. you know from what i read is that you wanted to introduce you know japanese culture yeah. through cooking yeah, you know exactly. and here in the yeah. us so cooking or before cooking like since i got here my goal was to introduce my culture which people doesn't really know about that's like my ultimate goal i just wanted to introduce my culture and like you know my people and those things like because there's like so many things people don't know about, like people have like stereotype about for as a cheerleader, you know, I was able to do that showing my, my personality because like people has perspective, like perspective of like Japanese people. They're like so quiet mm-hmm. and like too stiff and stuff like that. I think I kind of like broke that stereotype. Okay. I, I don't know. Like if you, if you sense like, you know, <laughs> yes, I can sense that. Yes. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. yeah. So that was my that was my main thing um, there, and then also the food, like you you mentioned in, in at the beginning, like people know about food, sure. like sushi, ramen. Yeah. Of course, like I love I love sushi. Ramen, but you don't but, eat sushi um, every day, correct? <laughs> exactly, yeah. and I don't eat ramen every day. No, if yeah. I do that, I'm probably gonna have heart up, like heart attack. I wanted to like let people know, hey, there's like more like food, like beautiful beauty about the food, the Japanese sure. food that are not really introduced yet uh-huh. here so when i actually moved to washington dc for my cheerleading i just didn't have any money so I, that kind of like you know forced me to cook like every almost every day uh-huh. and we had this like potluck party with my teammates so i brought my food him there my home cooked like you know sure. the, the food yeah. i cooked and it, everybody was like what is this i never had this before what is this? You know, they're so confused. But so what did, what did you bring? What did you bring? What was I like bring, the first something? Yeah. Katsu? I bring Japanese curry. No, no, no. Curry. Katsu didn't uh-huh. travel well. So <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I, I did a Japanese curry. Okay. I brought it with the rice. And just everybody was just so excited. And also confused at the same time because they never seen it or they never had it before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that kind of like got me think, hey, maybe there's like some way that I can introduce the food mm-hmm. as a vessel to let people know about more about like Japanese culture. So that's kind of like a little bit of a start. I really didn't think actually I'm actually going to have a career in cooking mm-hmm. back then. But uh, my family has a 90 year old uh, little bar, restaurant, little shake, sake mm-hmm. shop. In Kobe? Back in Japan. Kobe, yeah. yeah. Okay. They're still do they're still running it. 
Oh, wow. my, my grandfather actually started it and my, my dad is actually, he's sec- it's, it's a second generation now. So I grew up inside of the, the, the bar restaurant yeah. and my mom was used to carry me on her back when I was a baby while she was prepping and cooking. So it was, it's always in my blood. Yes. Yeah, so Do you remember what's like the first like smell or taste from your childhood at that time? Something that's it's ingrained in your in your brain that reminds you like a smell that reminds you of your childhood? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The definitely the smell of the dashi. Okay. That, when, yep. You know, when my mom, my grandma too. So my grandma and my mom's also, you know, they're they're all both chefs. But like my my grandma like every time I I visit her house they always had this like smell of making dashi because she, I love eating. Like mm-hmm. I love eating since I was a little kid. And every time I go to her house, she always cooks something for me to, to taste. And the entire house was like filled with the smell of the dashi. So that's kind of like, you know, I, I make dashi. And then every time I do that, it kind of just brings me back to my grandma's house, like immediately. Yeah, yeah, that's like like a huge memory. I what guess. what yeah. what uh, what profile? What type of dashi was she? Uh, are they making? She was making like a lot of different type of dashi. She was doing with a fish. Yeah. Some days she was doing with dried uh, mushrooms. Mm-hmm. She was sometimes she was doing it with uh, kombu and okay. kombu and bonito together. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The traditional. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. So, so you had that uh, ingrained, let's say, food is ingrained in your in your DNA. So you just yes. uh, went back to it, and then the idea that came, like in in what 2019, to to launch your your pop up, then yeah. uh, call it was called like uh, or it's still called like Otabe, correct? Otabe, yes. Yeah. Otabe. What does that mean, so by otabe, the way? Otabe. Yeah. Otabe means a mom encourages their kids to eat. Oh, okay. Otabe is a word, the phrase. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. So since like I learned everything from my mom and my grandmother, uh, yeah. I just wanted to have the name something related to you know mm-hmm. my mom and my grandma, like a little bit feminine. So that's that's sure. how I how, how I choose that name. Okay. So what kind of food did you serve at uh, at your pop up? I did it exactly like you know almost like everything you mentioned in the beginning. All okay. the comfort food. Yeah. Yeah. Like I did a lot of karaage, onigiri, the rice ball. I did okonomiyaki. I did some like Japanese sandwiches, like egg salad sandal, tamago sandal, like fruit sandal, which is like sweet, mm-hmm. sweet sandwich with okay. a lot of different kind of pickles. Uh, did you make, did you make like the, like more like a traditional version of it or did you add your own twist, you know, on it? On I those? always like try to put like my own twist. But otabe days are a little bit more, a little bit more like authentic Japanese, I'd say, mm-hmm. compared to what I'm cooking right now. Okay. And so do you still have like, uh, is otabe still exists or this is in yes. parenthesis at the moment because it's, of uh, yeah. Maxwell Park? Yeah, it still exists. I'd love to like do more collaboration or pop-ups again, uh-huh. but you know, the, the job I got at the Maxwell, it started probably like six, seven months ago. Yeah. So right now, I'm a little bit more focused on, you know, my job at Maxwell. Yeah, and, there's, and there's, two lo- there's two locations, correct? In the Maxwell Park. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, and this is, so this is a wine bar, correct? In, uh, in yeah. DC, where 
they yes. serve food and so you're responsible for for the food so what, what yes. kind of food do you uh, do you serve there yes so this is Jap still a japanese food yeah but I, I put a lot of twist to it to a little bit like match with match better with the wine so the okonomiyaki for the traditional okonomiyaki we usually use the sauce specifically for okonomiyaki we it's actually named okonomiyaki sauce that you can buy at the store and then bonito flake and you know mayonnaise those things but at maxwell right now what i'm serving is it's still a cabbage pancake mm -hmm. but the topping i use a prosciutto like oh, wow. thinly chopped prosciutto mm -hmm. and then the sauce the black girls aioli we make in the house and then okay. QP mayonnaise that's which i cannot yeah. really cannot remove <laughs> <No>. <laughs> delicious <laughs> yeah yeah and then shimmy pepper and a little bit of a scallion okay that's how we serve it at maxwell so what what else do you do you serve there so the one of the most popular item on the menu right now yeah. is a teriyaki wagyu burger so we have mcdonald's in japan yes but I've, the I've menu seen those. Is com yeah <laughs> the menu is completely different here in japan and i actually love loved going mcdonald's and then one of their um, burgers i really miss is teriyaki burger okay by mcdonald's uh-huh so good so, <laughs> so what I what really... what what is it so explain to us <laughs> yes it's a burger with a teriyaki sauce i'm not really sure like what they put in the sauce or any any details yet, uh, at all but you know it's it's basically mayonnaise and teriyaki sauce and patty and i think it's that lettuce and that's it okay and with so, the bun the bun is a standard bun or it's a different bun the i think it's just a regular bun okay yeah yeah so i miss it so much so my goal was to recreate okay something really similar to that so i did i actually did a lot of testing especially on the sauce because sauce is the most like important like uh -huh. uh, components of sure. the, that burger i think i i got pretty close to the burger i really love and miss okay so our burger at maxwell is also very very simple it's a wagyu patty and teriyaki sauce it's it's kind of like a little secret so i can't get into like too much details of but course. it's a tamari mirin sake and like a little bit of washer sauce nice you know those things like all mixed together and sugar yeah, and yeah. those things and then I'm make it like really thick and then we serve it with a potato potato burger bun shimmy pepper and uh lemon or garlic mayonnaise Oof. and lettuce and that's it okay so i'm yeah. coming i'm coming to washington dc in march so yes. i will definitely come over oh yes please. <laughs> you know you said before that when you had the pop-up it was more like traditional but i have seen a menu yeah. that you have done and mm -hmm. i'm intrigued with one of the dish because it sounds fantastic but it's not traditional it's like the the slow cooked daikon with the melted oh yes that you yes. did for a tasting yes. menu and yes. so can you explain what is that how did you get that idea and then yes. what's the execution of that dish so daikon is actually one of my favorite vegetables ever especially around this winter time so what my mom my grandma used to cook was they sliced the daikon kind of like thick 
probably like two inches or so, like two okay. or three inches. And then we pre-cook it until it gets tender and sweet. Mm-hmm. And they put uh, this like sweet miso paste on the top. And we call this furofuki daikon. That's like one of the traditional uh, Japanese dish that we eat in Japan often. You know, daikon, to me, I feel like it's it has a nice flavor. But also at the, at the same time, it's a little bit plain in a good mm-hmm. way. So to me, I feel like daikon is like a, like a white canvas that okay. like, you can play okay. so much with. So one day, like I, I'm like, oh, I want to eat daikon, but let's try something different. Like let's try like something little, little Cra- weird, crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, a little crazy. And then I think when I first tried that dish, we had like some, some like a lot of different kind of cheese at home. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, if how, what if if I treat this daikon like a kind of like a steak? So I still do this traditional pre-cook method mm-hmm. with the daikon mm-hmm. and, a miso and make one, it yeah. tender. Ah, uh, no, no miso. Uh, no miso. So, so okay. pre-cook part, yeah, okay. pre-cook part is like no no seasoning or anything. Yeah, just daikon like sliced, and we kind of like trim the edge around the top of the daikon so it gets a little bit round. So mm-hmm. it doesn't break it, and it, it's easier for the tenderness to make it tender. And also we, yeah, and then we cook it with with water and a little bit of actually rice, okay, to bring out all the bitterness and make it tender for probably okay. like two hours or so. That's like oh, wow. a, that's kind of like a like a method we use. The most traditional way you can do is you use the water after you wash the rice uh-huh. instead of just putting rice, but you know, we don't really cook rice as that much water. So I just put a little bit of rice um, into the water and simmer it. Probably like an hour or two hours. Okay. So that's the pre-cooked part. Yeah. And after that, I made this like like chicken dashi type thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, let's cook, let's cook daikon with this. So maybe it tastes like, you know, it has like more flavor to it. So it's a chicken kombu dashi, like chicken stock with a kombu dashi. Yeah. So yeah, I, I vacuum seal it and I sous-vide it for like another like hour and a half. The chicken dashi, the reduced chicken dashi, so it's like really strong flavor because daikon is so thick and like so plain. Like I really want it to be like a little bit with a punch. Yeah, and then I sear it with the butter and the, the cheese we had in the fridge and it was brie cheese. So I sliced the brie cheese on the top of the daikon and put okay. it on and so, I torched it, so, yeah, you know, okay. kind of like melt it yeah. on the top and eat it with a chicken dashi. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Have you tried it with another cheese or no? Um, No. No? But okay. I think, uh, no, 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 no. You know what? I think I actually did with the uh, camembert. Oh, camembert. Okay. And yeah, yeah. that was the result? It was, it was okay. But I, I think I like the brie the brie bit better. better. Okay. Yeah. Maybe the, the camembert yeah, had too yeah. much character, maybe. So yeah. That, yeah. 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 Probably. Yeah. I think so. Oh, very yeah. cool. That's that's yeah. a, when so, when I've seen this and I've seen you know visual picture of it and I'm like wow yeah. that that's really that's really interesting. Yeah. So. What are your sources of inspiration? It's a good question. Inspiration, I'd say you know like probably my husband is uh sure. biggest inspiration in a lot of different ways it's not sure. about just just a dish 
and then he does just like crazy things, crazy crazy. Can, can you can you mention for the people you know? for the people listening who is your husband? I mean, I know obviously, but <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's he's a brand boy. He's a, he's a chef at the restaurant Ellie. Yeah. So I'd say the biggest thing I learned is he is very good at putting a lot of different components and a lot of different flavor into one dish, mm-hmm. which is like very opposite of what I've known for, you know, for Japanese food. Sure. Because Japanese is food is like yeah. very simple. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think I'd say like, you know, where I get my inspiration, that's probably him with that. The daikon dish I just explained has a lot of different components, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's very not Japanese in a way. But like for me to think about it and like kind of like had a motivation to try it that way is probably because of him. So you you talked about you know about dashi and you talked about uh-huh. you talked about miso. So right. let let's chat a little bit about the you know almost like the cornerstones of what makes you know like Japanese cuisine and. Tell me if I'm wrong or not, but or mm-hmm. if I miss something. But for me, there is like almost like those four key ingredients that are like kombu mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. katsuobushi, like the, the dry bonito, mm-hmm. correct? So you show you and then mm-hmm. the different type of miso. So right. and that's you know, with all those elements, you know, you are Uh, this is for me like the the flavor of you know of Japanese. Mm-hmm. Am I missing? Mm-hmm. Is it correct? Am I missing something? Yeah. So, but if I can add a little bit more, sure. I, I definitely add sake. Sure, sake. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sake and mirin, which and is mirin. sweet, sweet. Yeah. You know, yeah, sweet rice wine. Absolutely. So yeah. Any any brand that you will recommend, you know, for us here in the US that we can buy, you know, those type of ingredients? So for soy sauce, I've been using tamari soy sauce, okay. which is gluten-free. Yeah. And my favorite brand right now is called Sanjay Tamari. Sanjay, okay. Yeah. So their factory is actually in Richmond, mm-hmm. Virginia. Okay. And the CEO of that company is actually a good friend of mine, Takashi. And his family has been making soy sauce for centuries in Japan. Mm-hmm. And that's that's their U.S. headquarters okay. in Richmond. Okay. okay, in Richmond. And right now, my, my recipe is based on using that specific tamari. So you know, you know, the chef usually chef a lot of chefs say, you know, if you switch the brand of salt, it completely changed the recipe, mm-hmm, cook, right? Mm-hmm. I use that tamari for everything right now. So all the flavor is made with, with that tamari soy sauce. Okay. And you can actually buy it at Whole Foods. Okay, cool. Any any other product that you can buy, like miso, I'm guessing you are making your miso. Or can we can we buy it some, anywhere? I know yeah. there's different types so, depending of you know if it's soybean or barley or rice, and mm-hmm, you know if. Mm-hmm. But so right. what what do you suggest? I like the most basic one, the soy, of mm-hmm. course. I like. I'll say for most of my cooking, I use red miso right now for. You know, so we have this dish called butter miso okay. maxo park. Yeah. Yeah, which is I make I make dashi. This is just kombu dashi. I don't use mm-hmm. tomato for this dashi. So kombu dashi and tamari and mirin and sake. Mm-hmm. 
and then add the miso at the end. Okay. And we cook clams with uh, garlic and dried chili flakes. Mm-hmm. And add butter and add that miso soup. Okay. And kind of like steam it together. Okay. I mean, obviously, we are talking about dashi, which is, you know, a, a critical element of in Japanese cuisine, and there's different yeah. type of it. So you were talking yeah. that you are using, you know, kombu and and soju, yeah. soju and then, but otherwise, kombu and then the, the the dry bonito as well. That you, you are you you are making yeah. dashi with that, correct? And yeah. then the, yeah. the other one with the with the mushroom, correct? That's another yeah, type. Yeah, mushroom, dry mushroom, yes. The dry yes. mushroom, okay. Yeah. So what's what's your recommendation for someone who wants to try it? And for the people listening, I am, you know, making the assumption that people know what dashi is. It's obviously a broth. Mm-hmm. So can uh, what's your your favorite and what's your, your recommendation for someone at home, like making dashi? Yeah. So I'd recommend doing kombu dashi first. Mm-hmm. Kombu dashi is like base of like everything, you know. To make bonito dashi, you have to have a kombu dashi first. Okay. Yeah, in kombu dashi, you can add to like almost like everything. Like even if you d- you're not making Japanese food, you can add the broth mm-hmm. to like any like other soup. Like you know, other soup or stews. It gives like a really like rich like deep like umami to umami, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so kombu dashi yeah, for sure. Okay. As a base, yeah. Okay. And then you find the kombu at like any, you know, any Asian store or? Like yeah, 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 I think so. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, I haven't seen it like, you know, all those like American grocery stores selling kombu no. yet. I that's hope why. soon. Yes, that's <laughs> why. I was asking where you buy that. Because if, yeah. you, if you can find miso in like, you know, like yeah. traditional grocery store, you cannot find kombu. Uh-huh. So, or at right, least I haven't right, found right, it right. either. So. So, yeah, yeah, probably like Japanese, I mean, Asian grocery store for sure. Okay. So, we, you know, obviously when talk about cooking, you know, a lot of people refer to, you know, the French, you know, way of doing the, the cuisine yeah. and then the, the French mm-hmm. techniques and so on. But there is obviously very important as well cooking techniques and, you know, in, in Japan. So can you... And can you talk to us a little bit about like the, the different techniques, you know, in, in of cooking in from Japan? I'll say, you know what, like, let me talk about kombu dashi then. It's, it's actually a, a technique, you know? Okay. Yeah. So kombu dashi, the most easiest way you can do, so you boil the water, mm-hmm. you just prepare 10% weight kombu of the okay. water. So you, you boil the water and you turn it off. And you just put the kombu in, in it and just mm-hmm. leave it for 40 minutes. Okay. And then the dashi is done. So what you don't want to do is you put the kombu into the boiled water. That brings out a little bit of bitterness from the kombu, like weird te- weird flavor. And when I like have like soup with a kombu dashi, and I can immediately tell, oh, this, this dashi is probably they, they put the kombu. <laughs> in the boiling, the boiling water, there's some bitterness yeah. to be. So you yeah. need to boil the water, and then when it's almost like at the end, like simmering, like to take it out, out, and then you put the kombu in. Yeah, actually, idea. yeah, just turn it. Yeah, just turn it off the heat. Okay. And then you know, after the bubble is going yep. went down, you can yep. just you know put the kombu in. Very cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
let me finish like the our discussion with a series of uh, rapid fire questions mm-hmm. that I have for you. So okay. um, now you have been in DC for uh, quite a while. So you and I are going on a tasting tour uh, in Washington DC. So what are like the five spots that you are going to take me to? And you cannot say right. Max- Maxwell Park. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right. Five spots. All right. Yes. Ellie. Yes, of course. Of course. And Old Ebbett Grill. Mm-hmm. Just for the seafood platter, which I'm craving right now. <laughs> and compliments only for sandwiches, Anju. Oh, Anju. Okay. Yep. What's your favorite guilty pleasure food? Uh, chips. Which what what kind of chips? <laughs> you like? What any any specific uh, flavor or plain chips or just a, just a salt like really salty chips? So a uh, really salty chips. <laughs> okay. Yes. What are like the three uh, cookbooks that uh, inspire you the most? The one is called Donabe. Okay. I can't remember the entire title of the book, but okay. it's a. You can send a, it to me after on an email if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do yeah. that. Uh, Donabe and Julia Child. And the book from Harumi Kurihara, which is, she's like a very well-known chef in Japan. Can you repeat her name? Yeah, Harumi Kurihara. Okay, thank yeah. you. And uh, the last question here, it's like, beside the, the classics, you know, in terms of, you know, condiments and spices or sauces, what do you like to have on hand at home? So there's one chili paste I can find at specific store in a place called Eden Center, which is like Asian food, like strip mall. It's a chili chili paste, but it's a mystery chili paste, I call it, because they don't have any label on it. Okay, okay. Yeah, but yeah. it's really, really good. Okay. <laughs> and we have it, like we, currently we have two of them in our fridge. We add it to like almost everything. Okay. So you like, yeah, chili paste. You like spicy, okay. Yes, uh, just a little bit of kick. And then sesame oil, for sure, and QP mayonnaise. And QP mayo, yes. Must have, yeah, must, must have. Must have, absolutely. Yeah. Masako, thank you so much for for your time. Thank I'm you. looking forward to you know to come to DC in you know in in March, and then I will yes. definitely come to Maxwell Park. I'll come to uh, LA yes. as well, of course. And yeah, so it was great to have you on the podcast. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It was yes. very fun. Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Masako Morishita as much as I did. Our conversation brought back a lot of memories and food experience from my father and son trip in Japan back in the fall of 2019. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend or a colleague and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I would like to mention a great Facebook group called The Learning Chef. It is an educational community of chefs and cooks based on sharing culinary knowledge. Please check it out. My next guest will be Chef Suzanne Gouin from Los Angeles. I had such a great food experience at her restaurant AOC that I had to have her on the show. I see you in two weeks. And until then, remember that people who love to eat are always the best people. Thanks for listening to Flavors Unknown. If you've enjoyed this episode, give us a follow on Instagram at Flavors Unknown and visit us at flavorsunknown.com. Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts.